Hey yo, welcome back to the High Kicks podcast. We got a special guest with us this week. Uh, we have Julian Fastini from Calcio with Julian. Thanks, um, Julian. Thanks, Julian, for coming on the show. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and like what you do and everything? Yeah, for sure. So hello, uh, listeners of the uh, High Kicks podcast. Uh, my name is Julian Fastini. I'm 20 years old, and I'm the founder and creator of Couch with Julian, which is pretty much a website that focuses on the Serie A, where I publish articles based on post-game and pre-game analysis, injury updates, and transfer news, all revolving around the Serie A. So you guys could check out my website if you guys want to like uh, inform yourselves on what's going on in the Serie A. It's www.couchwithjulian.com. And you guys could also follow me on Instagram, at couchwithjulian, where I pretty much keep you guys informed on whenever I uh, post an article and whenever I collaborate with different uh, podcasts. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for having me on the uh, High Kicks podcast. I was really ecstatic to be here with you guys, and I look forward to discussing pretty much everything that's been going on this weekend. There's a lot of uh, very interesting results. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting weekend to say that. Um, I yeah. don't per se, follow the Serie A as closely, but I just checked the last five games in the Serie A and how close the standings are. It's a very tight title race. So Yeah, it's very I, I thought the Prem had a tight title race, and then I looked at the Serie A table, and I was like, oh, <laughs> you have four teams. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to thank you for coming on the show. The message you sent us when you reached out was really, really awesome. And... Julian's website is fantastic. His articles are great. I've checked them out. It looks really good. It looks a lot better than our website. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Um, we may we may take a little bit of the formatting for the uh, article section. We actually really mean, appreciate yeah, that. I literally looked at your website. Good. <laughs> I looked at your website and I texted Carl and I was like, okay, so we need to take this from this kid. Um, it no looks worries, good. all good. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're going to talk a little bit about the Premier League first. We got like three main topics there, and then we're going to slide into three topics about the um, Serie A. And then we have our little uh, washed up weekly segment where we pick a pretty high level player and just dog on them because it's always fun to roast the good players too. And then we're going to we're gonna wrap up the show with our uh, Premier League predictions where I'm slowly closing the gap on Carl. Just to fill in Julian, Carl and I made a little bet where um, if Carl beats me in a season-long prediction battle or if I beat him, we have to wear the hat of the other one's choosing. Yeah. And okay. I'm a Liverpool supporter. Carl's a Man U supporter. So okay. uh, I, I, as of yeah. now, I'm going to have to wear a Man U hat on our show. And I... We're going to have fun banter with that. Really don't yeah, want to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I sort of want to like cut a hat in half and have it like half Everton, half Man U. Like, I, I may try to figure something like that out. Bruh. <laughs> I will kill you if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his worst nightmare, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is, it is. All right, so we're going to start out with... um the Premier League title race because West Ham was at it again, taking out another top club in yeah. kind of similar West Ham fashion, not really having a lot of possession, not really looking like they're going to dominate the game. And yet they won three, two with an absolute stunner from Masuaku beating Mendy and Chelsea are now sitting in third in the Premier League table behind Liverpool, behind city that makes me happy. But 
it, it is a it is a three team race from here on out to the finish. Yeah, at, at this current point, it's a three team race, and it's not changing anytime soon. Just because Man U's not, I don't think they're going to be able to go on like a hot enough streak where they can pull a like top three finish at this point. West Ham United, despite how great they've looked on random occasion against top class sides it's not every single week that we get to see that run of form like antonio doesn't score like two every week and he hasn't been like the most consistent player throughout the entire season and spurs are not pulling a top three so (laughs) it's pretty much those two Julian, do you do you have? I'm not sure how it works in Canada, like to watch the Premier League because we watch it on NBC here. Do you? How do you guys watch it up there? Because I know it's different uh, depending on where you are. Or do you yeah, not? We watch it. We watch it through uh, the Zone. Uh, the Zone Canada. We have access to that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Every single time I see a highlight, it like on my uh, the Score Mobile that I watch. There's a U.S. version and a Canada version, and the Canada version is always DAZN, so that that puts the pieces together for me. That oh, makes okay, I see. that makes a lot of sense. Um, just on this title race, I, Liverpool got a little bit lucky to stay where they were. Um, I'll, I'll get yeah, in, you can say that. I'll get into it a little bit later on our Washed Up Weekly because I'm picking a Liverpool player to absolutely dog on and roast, but. Like, I, I don't even know. Just Divac Origi is like Cristiano Ronaldo level clutch when it comes to Liverpool. Yeah, he always finds his ways to score like the last minute. Like, he always every time. finds his way to score. And it's always like either like a crazy ass goal, like the one he scored in the Merseyside Derby a couple years ago, or corner taken yeah, yeah. quickly. <laughs> so like, there's a couple of people where I would actually be like 100% confident and being like, I want them taking one of the last shots. And for some reason, Origi has to make it into the list because of how clutch he's been in, like, yeah, exactly. moments. Like, Champions League, whatever. <laughs> Clutchest just, player I've seen in a long time. I'm in a group chat with a bunch of other Liverpool supporters, and all of us were like, so when's the statue going up of Origi? Like, it's not even that he's, yeah. it's not even that he's done a lot. It's just that he shows he's done up. it at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a right place at the right time kind of thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. It, it always seems to come at a time where he's like upset about his game time and he he like there's always rumors that he's gonna be leaving. Mm-hmm. And then Klopp is like, We can't let go of you. So we're gonna we're gonna put you in and you're gonna score an important goal. That's the main thing. He always subs him in in a relatively important moment, and you're yeah. just like, okay, why is Origi coming in? Oh, wait, Origi's coming in. Like, <laughs> it's bizarre. So off of Liverpool for a moment, I mentioned this earlier, but did either of you guys see Masuoko's goal against Chelsea? Or Masuaku, yeah. my bad on the pronunciation? Yeah. Carl, yeah, I saw it. go watch it right now. Um, he He just kind of stood there. And Julian, I want to know what your opinion on this is. Do you think it was a shot? 
I think it was, to be honest, because from his angle, you could see that, like, Mendy was off his line, clearly. He just yep. caught him off guard completely. Like, it was a bit bit of poor goal, uh, a bit of uh, poor, like, goalkeeping from Mendy on his part. But honestly, uh-huh. like, fair play to him. Fair play to him for spotting it. Like, Yeah, I, I'm a lifelong goalkeeper, and I, I saw that, and all the commentary on not being sure if it's a shot or a goal, like, or shot or a cross, you, you can tell... He, yeah, exactly, Carl. Like, you can tell. He, shot, yeah, yeah, he looks up. He sees Mendy off his line. He sets, his, he sets his body up like he's going to cross. And then he changes his hips at the last moment and just beats him. Yeah. He also and, went for, like, if it was a cross, it would have been placed a lot differently. Than yeah, exactly, like, exactly. He, he went for power there. That wasn't entirely placement. Like, he knew he was trying to shoot uh, at the inside post there. But he was going for power in that situation. And his celebration where he just kind of stood there and put his arms up. It's sort of the way that he got the goal. They just sort of like (laughs) let him free. Basically. There's no no pressure on him. He's just all alone. (laughs) I don't know. He was just standing still. And like usually you don't even see that at like youth level. And he, (laughs) he, he was just chilling. It kind of gave me vibes of when Lanzini scored that goal against Spurs last season. Just, uh, yeah. just like one of those late stunners that West Ham seemed to always be capable of. And then yeah. uh, the other squad in the title race is uh, Man City, but they played Watford, yeah. and that was just kind of expected. Pretty much. I, I, I'm not. I'm kind of shocked Watford got a goal. I'm not gonna lie. Like Carl and I have always said, they're scrappy. They they can surprise us at times, but. Uh, that's enough of a surprise against City, though. Like, yeah. If, if we're that's being 100% what, that, that's honest, what I, scoring a goal is, like, enough. Yeah, I think that's pretty much, like, a pretty big accomplishment for them, that the fact they got to score a goal against that Man City side. But yeah. uh, like you guys said, it was pretty expected, like, that was all. The only thing I really picked up about from that, that I really picked up on, like, from that game was, like, the one thing that stood out was, uh, again, Bernardo Silva just continuing oh his fantastic my God. form. Oh, my God. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. We have the rumors at the beginning of the season about the potential transfer, and then yeah, it's just I know. like, oh yeah, um, I'm not going anywhere. Why would I? I'm would I go potentially like the, the best, best player. Exactly. You, might, right you might not want to hear this, but he's the best Portuguese player in the Prem at the moment. Hands down, bar none. Uh, he, he may be the... Uh, no. Wait. no, you can't even say he's the best player in the Prem. Mo Salah exists. Oh, no, 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 I'm not even going to say the best, oh, because he plays the same side, never mind. He's most always the best right winger right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, um, like, the Messi conversation, like, honestly, because right now I'd take Silva over Messi with Messi's current production, but that that's just given this current side, and I really haven't been able to see much Champions League action with Messi, so, like, it, it's not 100% yet, so... Right now, I would take Silva over Messi, but that that's a very blasphemous thing to do. Carl, so. just log into my Paramount Plus tomorrow and watch Champions League. Yeah, yeah Carl, Carl doesn't have Paramount Plus. Carl doesn't have... Um, I, I watch Paramount Plus occasionally. But he, he uses my Peacock to watch um, Prem games, and he uses my Paramount Plus to watch Champions League. It, it, it It's kind of funny. And then I have NBC. So then I'm like... <laughs> 
Awesome. He also Reddit used... is like my favorite friend too. Uh, I don't condone it, but uh, yeah, Reddit. Do you, do you still use my <laughs> Disney Plus, Carl? No, uh, that's Kevin. Oh, that's Kevin. Okay. <laughs> Carl used Carl used a lot of my stuff for a good amount of time. Uh, I forgot what I put as our second topic on here, so we're just gonna transition. Oh yeah, um, my favorite player of all time is returning to my uh, <laughs> my field, my stadium. That's right. For, as as opposition, which is gonna be very very weird. I just kind of want to talk about what he's done with that team because he's done amazing things. It it has been a great turnaround and it's been fast. Steven yeah. Gerrard is changing the atmosphere in Aston Villa kind of back to what it was before Jack Grealish left. They're nowhere near as good as that side with Jack Grealish, but he's also... they don't have like, oh. but to build off of that, they yeah. don't have that one dude to like hold possession, very similar to the way that Jack Grealish was capable of doing. So they're still trying to find that in the other signings that they've made and they're doing a great job at doing it. It's just, they haven't figured it out a hundred percent yet. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But I think that right now, like when you watch them play, like it's pretty impressive how they're playing so well, like collectively as a team. Like mm-hmm. the, those quick one-two combinations, like it's pretty creative. They're pretty creative offensively, and like especially this weekend, they pulled off a fantastic uh, victory against a uh, very solid Leicester City side, and I believe they're in the top ten right now. And if they can continue this form, I don't see why they like why they can't reach an Europa League spot potentially, or even a Conference League spot. So. So we can see that there's like a very big possibility of them entering Europe, European soccer, European football, which would be huge for a club like this. Yeah, exactly. Julian, we do that all the time by almost saying soccer and stopping and saying football. Because <laughs> I'm from Canada, so it's like crazy. yeah, yeah. Nah, I I've got to the point where like to differentiate between American football and European football. American football, I often call football, and European football, I say footy. Okay, okay, I see. Because it, yeah. yeah. I, I've also liked a lot how Villa has been defensively. Like, yeah. they, oh, Mings is out of his skin right now. Like, if we're going to be 100% honest, like, if we're talking about best center backs in the Prem currently, like, you have to throw Tyrone Mings' name in there. No, also, speaking of, speaking of the defenders, Ezri Kanza scored both goals. Yeah, he scored both. <laughs> he scored both goals. Um, and Carl, your your guy who you've been roasting for not getting enough involved, Emmy Buendia, got on the score sheet with an assist. I was about to mention that. Yeah, Carl's been giving like, Buendia a lot of crap lately. He, is, <laughs> he, he was meant to be a direct replacement for Grelish, which is why, like, he, he does not possess the same, he does not play the same as Grelish, and they expected him to just fill in that exact role the same as Jack Grealish. And I knew it wasn't going to be 100% possible, but I knew Buendia has his own play style. So I was like, all right, maybe he can bring that to the position. I really like what they're doing currently with him out on the wing. I think that's a lot different of what we were seeing previously. It's giving him chances to come inside and it's creating a lot differently. So I'm really appreciating everything that Gerard's doing with the entire squad because shit. I'm like, really appreciating what Jared's doing. Um, mostly I was not expecting to see Buendia. <laughs> it, it's, it's like it's answering a lot of the questions of 
was he good at Rangers because he's a yeah. good manager, or was he good at Rangers because, like, the Scottish Premiership is kind of a two-team race, and if you're managing Rangers or Celtic, you're going to win a lot of matches? It seems like he's a pretty damn good manager, and he, he said that this role at Villa isn't, like, an intentional stepping stone to the Liverpool job, but... I kind of think, you know, once Klopp leaves, if he's still doing well in the Premier League with Villa or be it somebody else, he's going to be one of those front runners for that Liverpool job at some point. I think chances are he's going to get picked up by another top club before he actually ends up going to Liverpool with his current run of form. Um, I, I just, would hope so, and not even because yeah. I don't want Gerrard. I just want to keep Jurgen Klopp for as long as humanly possible. Yeah, in your boat, yeah, obviously you want Klopp as long as possible, and um, it's just He's a really amazing. difficult situation. Like you, you want Gerard, but you wouldn't give up Klopp in order to get Gerard right now, right? Exactly. In any way, shape, or form. No, uh, there would be. There is nothing that could happen that would want me to give, give up, up Klopp, Klopp for basically anybody. At this point, no, no one in the world right now for that Liverpool side is as yeah. good as. I mean, you, you could like Pep is a fantastic manager. Tuckle's a fantastic manager, but they manage their own way and their own style, and their style of management works for the club that they're at. Yeah, I don't know if Tuckle Ball would apply to Liverpool, or Tuckle Ball would not work the same. No. no. At all. That defensive style would not, like, of course, you have the players who are capable of doing it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, Liverpool have a ability to do that, like, exactly. Three, like, three, Liverpool, yeah, they could, they could. With, with the three center backs and push Andy and Trent more up the wing a little bit. Right. Exactly. But they're not. Exactly. It, it just wouldn't look as good and be as smooth as the way Klopp plays. Unless you throw, yeah, like, but... Fabinho in the middle, actually. Like, thinking about it, like, you throw, like, Fabinho in the middle. You throw, like, Van Dyke and, uh... Kanate. Or, uh Kanate. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Kanate. I mean, Matip's been great, but I want them to start phasing in Kanate a lot more. Yeah, I think he should be the starting lineup eventually. Yeah. Like, I don't see why. He's so young, and at such a yep. young age, he's so brilliant on the ball. Like, when he builds out of the back, he's good, and he's just yep. so solid defensively. Yep. Carl and I uh, built a ridiculous FIFA team um, using Atalanta as our base. And, oh my God, man. And we, we, we took, we bought Ibrahim Akanate and turned him into like a 99 overall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like freak of nature. And it, it was just, it was just funny. He's never going to be able to be Actually. our ideal version of Konate, but uh, I think he could potentially have a peak very similar to like Koulibaly. I don't know about yeah, a peak yeah. similar to Koulibaly. I don't think he has the same kind of strength. He's a little bit skinnier and a little bit more frail. I think he can build a lot, and he has like a very physical frame, and he plays a physical style. So, he does play a physical style, yeah. I agree. I like having him next to Van Dyke also, because he's going to learn a lot from a big, fast, exactly. ball-dominant center back. Yeah, that's also what I'm getting at, because he has a direct mentor in Van Dyke. It's it's bound to happen. You're gonna end up picking up that weight. You're gonna end up like it's not gonna be Bayern Munich weight. Like you aren't eating that German food and somehow gaining twenty five pounds of muscle your first season with the team. But yeah, 
Julian, you've noticed that, right? You know, like a skinny little twig goes to Bayern and after like six months, they're absolutely yoked. Yeah, yeah, you see it over and over again, uh, from Goretzka to Alfonso Davies, <laughs> yep. it's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, Kimmich, it, it's insane. It, it, exactly, it's insane, it's crazy. I don't know what they do strength training-wise, but... I don't know. How, how do I sign up for it, like, exactly. honestly? Exactly. <laughs> Alright, so Carl, we're gonna move on to a little yeah. thing that's gonna make you a little bit happier, because... Well, it's a good result. Ragnick Ball has made its way to to Manchester United for the well, it's first. It's a good time... result, and we're talking about Manchester United, so that's a very like yeah. rare thing as of recently. So yeah, th- this I, is I agree. <laughs> Manchester United's win over Crystal Palace was their first home clean sheet since I think April. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, for a club like United, that is not what you want. And, and De Gea then, has had to been playing out of his skin for United to be in any sort of picture. And you didn't really need to see that this game. I loved it. I loved it. Well, you didn't need to see it because instead of sitting back and letting, like, your team Anyone just get pounded, take a shot. You guys Anyone played take a, a shot. Yeah, high-octane, high-press, yeah. fast-paced play. I'm kind of scared because if this is what it looks like having Ragnik for like a week of training, you have a squad to be able to implement a pretty good Gegenpress system. Yeah. And it seems like the biggest winner so far from this has been shockingly, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Fred, and also I feel like you're taking a little bit away from another player, um, Sancho. Like, well, the Sancho, fact that he's even getting time and everything now. Sancho's getting time. It. Van de Beek is actually now being, or was used as a sub and came on the pitch. But like, what? my thing with Fred is, instead of playing that, like, side-to-side role that he's yeah. been playing of a more, like, defensive kind of player, he's now... He's not, he's not as great at that role. No, now he's, it looks like he's been given the permission to go up the field to be part of the offense and it's paying off. That finish was fantastic. He's great at world class. Yeah. He's great at possessing the ball and being able to, to like push it up the pitch from his position. I really like him for that, but his defensive liability has always been an issue of mine. So despite him being slightly better defensively than let's say like a Paul Pogba, a Paul Pogba's a a ton better at everything in terms of possession and being able to push the ball up the field. So I would most of the time have taken Pogba over this, but the way that Fred's playing right now, like he, he has a perfect mesh with McTominay where they can cover the back. I, I, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. You also don't really want a liability in midfield as Manchester United when you have Lindelof and Maguire. Well, we're getting Veron back, so... True. Well, it's fine when you, when you have Maguire, and I will say last season, Harry Maguire was a class center back. He had yeah. fantastic numbers. I've actually yeah. seen polls of side-by-side of his numbers and Ruben Diaz's numbers, and 75% of the people who voted on this DFO poll actually blind-picked Harry Maguire's numbers over Ruben Diaz's for last season. Wow. Blew my That's mind. Crazy. But it's also wow. like... Augustin, who's the guy who runs DFO, he 
he likes to mess with people, so he'll tailor. Yeah, the, but he'll tailor the poll to make to get the result that he wants, and then be like, "Hey, got you guys! Like, screw off! Like, it's hysterical." But, but he he also probably did that in like. Maguire was a lone center back in that situation. Yeah. Like Ma- you Maguire, saw Dios with Stones and like other players. Yeah. Maguire is different. now back to being a fridge. Back um, to being a and fridge. we don't get to see Wambasaka. Like I remember two years ago uh, or around two years ago, I was like, damn, one? you're like one of the best tacklers in the prem. He's going to have a I hard time playing that. under Ragnick. He's going to have a hard time getting game time because Ragnick prefers, obviously, if you can tell and see by who his mentor or who he's mentored in uh, Klopp and Tuckle, he prefers a more attacking style of uh, fullback. And that's why I, I like the. That is Diogo Delos. I like the use of Telos too in that. Telos is yeah. being used, I think, right now mostly because Shaw is hurt. I, I yeah. still I still think when Shaw comes back, he, he has earned his right to just slide back into the starting lineup. We aren't even going to mention that. Shaw is the starting left back for Manchester United. Yeah, Shaw United. is better. Yeah. Yes. But, but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Telos. But Diogo Delo is going to get a lot more time because yeah. of the way that Ragnik plays. Also, don't you remember... Um, Sorry, I'm just looking at Palace's uh, roster real quick. Don't you remember when you guys had Nathaniel Klein? And you guys thought he was going to be your right back of the future? Yeah. Good thing uh, you got Trent. Good shit. <laughs> well, so it's, it's, not, it's not got Trent. We've had, yeah, Trent, like we, we've had Trent since he was like nine. Yeah, I know. But like, thank God you had him in the back because Jesus Christ, if you guys were actually sticking with Nathaniel Klein. Like, in. He did have some injury, so, like, I will give that to him, but, like, yeah. yeah just a I little also, stab at Liverpool. Also, remember when Liverpool thought Ryan Brewster was going to be a uh, future star? That's right. <laughs> I don't know how, but Liverpool has this ability to sell players who have barely done anything for them for exorbitant fees, and yes. I am I am absolutely here for it. They, they got, like, 30 mil, I think, for Ryan Brewster. I could be wrong there, but... They got some no, number. That. They got some number that they absolutely should not have gotten at all. No, that that was like a like a three mil transfer of that. And they also have a really good way of picking who they sign. I wasn't necessarily sure that, like, I thought they overpaid for Diogo Jota when I saw the transfer fee. They did not overpay for Diogo Jota. No, he's brilliant. Oh, I I never really thought that they overpaid for Jota, but like I, I, I was I wasn't all, pounds was a lot for me personally. I wasn't hundred percent on like the Mane signing and everything when like Klopp like first came into the job. Like I wasn't hundred percent on all those, and then smack me in the face. Like yeah, I'm wrong. I would love to. Yeah, Manchester United ended up winning against Crystal Palace in a magnificent way. Great to watch. Uh, Liverpool beat. Wolves in a significant enough way uh, with Origi pulling that off. Lord Divock saved the day. <laughs> Man City did typical City things, and Chelsea got surprised by West Ham. And that wraps I, up our prime section. I just need West Ham to beat City at some point. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'd want to see Antonio have like a hat trick or something. I love just seeing him get super hype ever since he kissed himself at the beginning of the season. 
Oh, oh that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm a ride or die for him at this point. Last thing about the Prem, Everton beat Arsenal. Yeah, it's true. Just today. Today. Extremely impressive. Today. Yeah. Uh, did you see the strike by Gray? No, I did not. Very impressive. It I'll check. Good, it was good. I'll check it out once we are done recording. So we're gonna segue into something that Carl and I um know very little about because <laughs> I used to know more about it. I'll preface it with that. I used to know more. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never really knew too much. So I was only able to start watching Syria last year when it moved to ESPN Plus in the U.S. And oh yeah, now, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Now it's on um, Paramount Plus in the u.s and i seem to always forget that every weekend but i know italian um footy or calcio right is that how you pronounce it yeah exactly yeah is fantastic to watch so we're we're just gonna segue into some Serie A action and julian if you want to take the lead on the title race because this seems to be more of your forte but you're probably a little upset. We talked a little bit before the show just to like give a give ourselves a little understanding of who we actually like. And uh, Julian's an Inter fan, so sorry to break the news, but AC is running the table. Nah, nah, running no one, at all. no one is but running the table. No one's yeah. running. No one's running yet. <laughs> we 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 said that the Prem title race was close and wide open, and this title race is. Four clubs separated by four points. Yeah, no, this is probably the most competitive uh, Serie A title race we've seen in a very long time. Like you said, four... And Juve is nowhere near it. That's that's what we love to see. I mean, after Juventus winning nine years in a row, it's nice to see other teams competing for the title other than them. It just shows how competitive this league is. And it's not just a, a three-team race every season. We have these new teams. But even like the bottom half of the table like i was just looking i believe between like 15th and like eighth there's only like an eight point difference which just makes every game like so excited yep. because it's every game is vital and so critical to like the to the standing so it just makes it more like uh exciting and and uh yeah yeah there's just it's just much more filled with excitement when every game is crucial towards the standings that's so you like remember Oh, go, Carl. Wait, Brian, you remember how you just said there's a four-point gap between one and four? Yeah. There's also a four-point gap between five and ten. Yeah, exactly. Like, every, like this is crazy. They, so there's very little that separates them, exactly. That's what just makes it so awesome to watch. Like, every game is crucial. So yeah. Every game is difficult at this point. That's, like, one of my favorite parts about European football versus American football. Like, every single game in a European league matters. Because it's all yeah, yeah. points and it's all standings. Like, I'm watching, well, not watching, but I have Monday Night Football on next to me right now. And this game really kind of only matters for, like, a few teams because yep. it's a divisional game. And, you know, like, it, it's just, I love when every single game in every single, like, of every single day matters for every every club. It's one of my favorite things. For sure. So, Julian, um, being that I'm assuming the club that you you dislike most in Italy is is top of the table. Where? How do you? How do you? How do you? Even see, a... Shut up, Carl. Assume like 
How do you see this playing out? Like, honestly, because I, I don't have enough information on Syria to even make a viable prediction as to how this is going to go. All right. I, let, let me make a un, un, like cultured prediction real quick. All right. All right. Let's go, I, Carl. I'm, I'm taking Inter to win the league by a lot. Uh, the addition of Chalanoglu and just the way that they've been playing as a collective unit, and they didn't really, despite losing Lukaku, like they lost someone, they still had other people to fill that role in the first place, and they can just alter the style slightly to make it more about Martinez instead of Martinez and Lukaku, which is what they're doing, and they successfully did that. Their their style is just very hard to counter for the people in the Syria as well. I could see Real and um, PSG and a couple other teams really be able to dominate Inter in a couple parts of the field. But in terms of like the players in the Syria, Juventus isn't playing up to the standard that they used to in that midfield. We will, where we will they get would into that in a moment. Exactly. They used to be able to be like, okay, I'll run the midfield and no one touches the ball. Like it'll be a 65 possession, 65 percent possession game, and we'll just score like three goals, call it a day. Like Inter is capable of doing that now in the Serie A. So I'm really curious to see if they can keep that up. But I'm taking Inter one. I'll take Milan too, just because I don't think it's going to be like a complete blowout by Inter. Um, but then I'll take Atalanta over Napoli and Napoli fourth. So that's top four. But then Juve, I don't really care about. I, I'll take Lazio over Juve. Lazio. I'd rather see a Mo. I'd rather um, see Fiorentina. I'd rather see Fiorentina up there. Oh, uh, oh, actually, I. Nah, I won't say Roma because I hate Roma just because of their coach. <laughs> Carl, Carl's not a Jose fan. Nah, nah, never have, never will. Although you do realize that he he had the best <laughs> the best trophy ratio and the best points per game ratio of any manager at United since um since the goat retired. Yep. Like he he has been the best manager that you have had since. By far, does not right. mean I like him. Okay. <laughs> did you yeah. see? Did you see what he said to the reporters the other day? Wasn't that about the Ole situation? No. Oh, okay. What was this one about? <laughs> he said, and he gets ballsy. I'm not gonna quote this because I don't know if this is verbatim. But he said, "Your job is a hell of a lot easier than mine." To the reporters, this is why managers make more money than you. <laughs> no filter. I'm gonna disagree with what he said. No. No. But like the only the only reporter whose job might be harder than a manager. You. Exactly. Yeah. Because he is everywhere at all times, and I don't understand it. But that's it. <laughs> he's like no i think he was i think it was just a bit salty after that blowout <laughs> from inter versus uh, roma like roma was just terrible like in all aspects of the game it was just awful to watch for them <laughs> well that's the main thing like they have like tammy abraham and then a couple other like 
mid talents, but they don't have any like star players that can really like counter like an inter or an AC. Like yeah, AC yeah. don't don't really have like any star players, but they have like Tonali and then they have other players who are like growing and becoming right, right. I think they have some players who could become stars. Yes. But not a lot of current stars. Exactly, yeah. They do have Zlatan. Up and coming youngster of Europe. <laughs> He's playing like a youngster. <laughs> Man doesn't age. Like, I've said this on Yo, the show before. One. Like, you go to MLS to end your career. You don't go to MLS and then go back to a top to Europe, club. In, yeah. Not even back to Europe, but, like, back to a top club in Europe. Yeah, they're not competing in the Champions League. Like, they're pretty high yeah. up on the table of Serie A. It's crazy. <laughs> and when healthy, you are consistently, like... In the conversation for, like, MVP of the league if he were to play every single game healthy. Pretty much. It's like, ridiculous. That's bizarre at his age. So this title, this title race is interesting, to say the least. Yeah. It's going to come down to the wire, I think. I have to watch yeah, a little bit sure. more, a little bit more Serie A to be able to, you know, give an actual opinion. I would. Yeah, Julian, what's your opinion? Well, I totally agree. It's definitely gonna come like go down to the wire, like for sure. There's only there's like very little that separates like all these three teams, and yeah. like, they're all good in their own ways. I think like they all complement each other really well. But I have to agree with Carl on this one. Like not only because it's my favorite team, but even if I were a neutral, like it would have to be Inter, especially like right now they're playing like in such a consistent manner, and like I mean, yeah, like. Uh, perhaps Inter Milan's like injury crisis isn't as big as AC Milan and Napoli's right now, but even even well, Inter's also facing like an injury crisis of their own. But whenever Inzaghi like changes the starting eleven, he seems to be getting the best out of those players. Like he, the players that he selects to fulfill the roles of the others seem to step up and like rise to the occasion. And especially like we seen it this weekend, like they put the the Rye wasn't available as their starting center back, and they put. D'Ambrosio and they managed to con- uh, dominate defensively and maintain a clean sheet against Roma in Rome so it was pretty impressive overall and I just think like even with a player injured like you said like they could play uh, Chalhonglu like as a as a 10 instead of an 8 or mm-hmm. like they, they could, there's so many ways this team is well diversified they could just alternate their formation and change the style of play when needed in order to like properly also- uh they have a new manager this season, right? Because Conte skipped town after last year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they just had the they just hired the Simone Inzaghi who coached the Lazio last season. Yeah. Since Conte departed to well, like he didn't really choose a team up until now. Like he just took the Tottenham job recently, right? So yeah. Inzaghi is also like one of the best strikers like in history, though, right? Or am that's I? His like... bro- that's his brother. That's his brother. That's his brother. Okay. That's okay. Brother. Was... Yeah. 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 Okay. I-, I knew I was mixing something up. I was like. Is it? I feel like I'm I'm messing something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his brother. It's his brother, the striker. Okay. But yeah, no, he was one of the most prolific Italian strikers ever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's just it, it makes sense. Like the his style and his ability to just really understand the game. For sure, yeah. Really makes sense. So but yeah, like I said, I don't necessarily have the knowledge of Syria to do a full on prediction of this top four. I'm just gonna more go with what I would like to see. 
Julian, you're not going to like this. I would like to see okay. Milan. I would like to see Milan win the league. Um, I'd like, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see Zlatan just win the league. I'd like to see them come back after losing um, Donnarumma in the fashion that they did to just be like, screw you, we don't need you, we won the league anyway. <laughs> I, I do think based on the way that you guys have talked about play and from what I've seen, because I have been able to watch Inter a little bit in Europe, yeah. and I've watched Milan in Europe, and Inter look a hell of a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I was about yeah, especially to... the Champions League, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, a hell of a lot better. I, I, I kind of, I would like it to be, as I said, Milan. I think it's going to be Inter, then Milan. Um, and then I'm biased towards Atalanta because of the FIFA team that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like Atalanta because um, I used to love watching Gomez when he was still there before he yeah. transferred to, uh, was it Sevilla? Yeah, he went to Sevilla, that's right, yeah. yeah. But no, like, to be honest, Atalanta is like the most exciting. Like, although I'm an Inter are... fan, like if I'm not watching Inter, like I'm watching Atalanta. They are the most exciting team in the league. Like they were, they pretty much replicate like a lot of the Premier League teams, like yep. the way they play. Like no. they don't really give like defensive opposition like a chance to breathe. Like they're just constantly going forward, and it's just I don't know. They're just so exciting to watch. Like their attack force is amazing with they the could Pasalic in... in the midfield, uh, Duvan Zapata. Like yep. it, yeah. M- they're just so exciting to watch their quick one-two combinations and the way they use the fullbacks to like cross the ball in. It's just so exciting. Please to the eye. Like they it reminds me of uh, Leicester a couple of years ago. And then... They're yeah, they're exactly, they're exactly. capable of putting in like three to four goals like anytime they're on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it it is so exciting. I also like yeah. their their rise back to our FIFA team has kind of like. <laughs> Start started like we we tricked them out, and it was right around the time when they were getting good. So like, if I have to pick a Serie A team to follow, because I have absolutely no link or roots to any of it, yeah, I, my my team has got to be Atalanta just because of the. I wouldn't even be mad. Like, yeah, they're just so awesome to watch. Like, it's they insane. are. They are. They are great. They are great. I'm pretty sure my cousin's like a Napoli fan, but like, why would I like Napoli? Like, besides like <laughs> Maradona. So, like, screw it. Nah, not gonna hype in on that either. So, I think we're gonna move on to one of the uh, more interesting things in Syria, and that's the decline of Juventus. I, yeah. What's happened? It, it seems like everything that I've read that Allegri is playing old-style football. It doesn't seem like it's working anymore. He's not tailoring to the way the team should be playing. They have a roster that should be higher up in the table, I would think. Yeah, for so, sure. For sure. What do you mean should be? Like, they they should be, like, one, like, with their roster. every With their roster, player by player, I would take them over Inter. Julian, do you agree with that? Uh, if you go player by player. Player by player, probably, yeah. I would go player by player. Like, I wouldn't take it as an overall collective team at all. But, but player, by player, player by player, yeah. Individual town. So Allegri's the problem, it seems like. 
Well, I don't know. Allegri seems like the problem. Agnelli seems like the problem. It just seems like the club is not being run the way it used to be. Yeah, no. no, I was just going to say that. Like, I just feel like the standards of the club, like, as a whole, like, felt, like, I don't know, like, a lot of the signings, like, throughout the years recently have been a bit questionable. Like, bringing Aaron Ramsey, Rabiot, McKenney, like, okay, like, he's he's done impressively well, but yeah. I don't, I, I don't know, like, he's what I think He's done a lot better of, like, than I was expecting him to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly, like, but, like, I don't know, like, I mean, he's done very well, don't get me wrong, but it's just, like, I don't think, like, going back to what Juventus used to be, like, when I think of Juventus midfield, like, I'm thinking of Paul Pogba, uh, Fabio Marchisio, Pirlo, like, you're not thinking of what they have now. Yeah, exactly, like, you, you have to be, like, the best of the best, and, like, to wear mm -hmm. that black and white jersey of Juventus, so, like, I don't know, like, I just feel like the club has gone soft in a way, and, like, the definition of Juventus player, like, has dropped, like, significantly, like, which pretty much shows, in, like, the quality of their play, I find. Yeah. Also, they... Uh, Carl, go ahead, before I move on to the, the other thing about Juve that I want yeah, to... Yeah, I like McKinney overall as, like, a young signing for the club, but like you were saying, we wouldn't have been seeing him in the first team the same way. He would have been kept in the second team and like put in at random moments. And then once he actually developed more within the squad, like we would have actually seen maybe some playtime because that's what Juventus used to do. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. you, you have like the three main starters who are gods among men, and then you have like really good backups in the midfield. Like, Locatelli. Love him to death. He is not like that same caliber. Like no, I don't think he's there it, yet. No. And it's that just she is disgusting. I just have to throw that it, out there. She has a that's why I won't even mention him. I I, I do think he's one of those. <laughs> he's um, disgusting. Yeah, but he, he's also more forward than what I'm talking about right I know. now. I'm talking more about in the midfield. So like with Locatelli, I feel like there needed to be more like tactics for him to go into there there wasn't enough done within that midfield for him to just drop in and be a great player and i feel like a lot of people expected that and this like they have a good team but they're just shitting the bed with their talent like come on like you you have it all went downhill i don't even know where i'm getting at anymore it all went downhill with the mellow transfer yeah like I'm, I'm pretty sure that's like when I can like look back to the most recent time where I was like, "Why'd you do this?" But besides that, also, so Juve used to be one of the best run clubs out there, and yeah, now I'm just looking at an article from the Daily Record that they warned police that a probe into their transfers could bankrupt them because. Apparently they like inflated some of their, I don't, I could be wrong about all of this, but they're, they're, they're being probed over like 282 million euros of uh, capital gain. And it's kind of just because they're, they're, I'm pretty sure they're publicly traded and they inflated their revenue, which is really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, first the Super League with Agnelli, now this with Agnelli. He just does not seem like the right kind of guy to lead a club like this. 
Juve, no, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Juve have gone in the uh, in the wrong, wrong direction. What, the worst possible direction. What are your thoughts on that transfer probe, Julian? No, but I think it's just terrible. Like I didn't ever since the whole like Super League thing, I hated Agnelli. I can't stand his guts anymore. Like I hope he just resigns and we don't have to nobody has to deal with him anymore because I just hate him with a passion. <laughs> I also hate him with a passion. I'm also really interested what's gonna happen with Juve and like let's give it two, three more years. Like Benucci's gone, Chiellini's gone. Yeah, they're pretty much like the older players are pretty much holding the fort right now. That's what I was thinking too. Like, what's gonna happen with all these guys? Like, they're gonna retire. fall. In, they're gonna fall into the same hole that Milan fell into. Basically, and, yeah. And they're gonna be a top club that was, and they're gonna be trying to make their way back up to the top. Because I, I don't see Davala staying. I saw a link either. today from Calcio Mercado that Liverpool are gonna try and get a con a pre contract agreement with him. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We're going to see. Right now, I, are fighting to try to get that... Uh, I would love... That, uh, contract extension, but I don't know. We'll see. I would love to see Dybala in, in Anfield. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd also like to see uh, Declan Rice at Man U. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's keep on saying some random things. You want to know who else? Um, this is a pretty good segue. You want to know who else I would love to see um, leading leading my front line at some point? Dusan Vlahovic. So Florentino's young know, striker. I know his value, but I don't know his value in terms of play. Like I know his market value. Yeah, I also know that he's been on an absolute tear this season, but I. I'm I'm somebody who loves the eye test when it comes to players, not just their stats, and I don't have an eye test on him. Julian, just how good is Vlahovic? No, uh, Vlahovic is really good. Like it, he's the real deal. I I have. He's for sure the real deal. Like he's been very consistent. Like, even last season, he was on a tear and like. When Fiorentina didn't sell him, like everybody was shocked and like everyone was worried, like, oh, like is he just a one season wonder? Like did Fiorentina messed up, but no, like he's he's doing better than he did last season. Right now he's uh, thirteen goals and then like sixteen games played in this area. Like he's just impeccable. Like he, he the way he, he scored thirteen age, like, of their twenty seven goals. Yeah, exactly. He's just amazing. Like not only like on the, I mean, obviously like on the ball, he's fantastic and he's just so quick too. And like, obviously his physicality helps a bit, like with his strength to like burst through the defenders. But also like where this really, what's just really surprising, especially at such a young age, is like how composed he is. Like when finishing those, those, uh, those goals and putting them in the back of the net. Like especially like a lot of the goals, it's like it's very hard. Like I don't know, like a lot of world class strikers would just lose composure and miss them but he just he just has this tendency of maintaining calm and like placing the ball perfectly in the back of the net like he's just brilliant in my opinion and that's he's only really 21 like yeah yeah exactly he's a very young player that's really what i like to hear because I've, I've been really wanting to like find like this next player and because like i saw mo when he was in uh syria and I saw hints from Mo, 
Like, it was nothing like, okay, like, Moe's going to be the best right winger in the world right now. Right, like, right, right. I, exactly. I didn't see that from him. But I saw hints where it was like, this dude could be, like, a top 10, like, right winger in the world. Like, I feel like this guy's very similar at striker right now. And potentially, if he keeps on, like, making the progression that he has been making, and he's younger than what Mo was at that time as well. So... I don't Even like more that all of these grow. guys are younger than me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm 23, and it's like, what am I doing with my life? I'm sitting here doing a footy podcast talking about players who are younger than me. <laughs> Honestly, my girlfriend and I, it's always the same thing. Like We see like these 18-year-olds, these 17-year-olds playing soccer, and it's like... Like playing in like these big games too, like these Champions League games. And yep. we're just like, I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? Like I'm on the couch. Like, like I feel like a loser. Like the Barcelona midfield being teenagers. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like Gabi, Pedri, and just watching, looking at yourself. Like wow, watching Pedri as just like a human being, and just how young he is. I'm just like, what the hell? Like, watching uh, him play. Watching him play at the Euro this summer. The way he bossed around midfields. No, that was crazy. He's in a pure example of you cannot know how good he is until you watch him. Stats yeah. don't do him justice because all people seem to care about is goals and assists now. And like the whole game time merchant games played merchant. He, he dominates the midfield anytime he's on the pitch. No, at, he's just at crazy. 18. Yeah, but so funniest thing that uh, me and Brian have talked about a couple weeks uh, is Lampard. Because to the eye test, Lampard is just like, okay, yeah, he's a goal scorer. But like, no, no, to the stat it, sheet. Yeah, to the stat sheet. But like, it's just completely opposite. On like, the eye, test, the eye he's, test, he's a fantastic box to box midfielder with an unbelievable eye for goal. That's what he does. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I don't like this whole stats mean everything era. Nobody sits down and takes a moment to watch players and see how they actually play and interact with others on the pitch. They just look at the score sheet, look at the numbers, and determine that. Yeah, uh, Pedri's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Thiago Alcantara. Like, it's, it's like Thiago mm-hmm. Alcantara never had like the best stats, but like no, that, Bayern Munich, he, that Bayern Munich season where he won the, the, where they won the treble, he was just remarkable. And he was probably one of the best. He was pretty much like arguably the best central midfielder that year. Speaking Even though it's Liverpool. Even yeah. now, now with yep. Liverpool, I find he's a bit underrated. I find like I don't know why everybody's yep. like shitting on him. Like I find like he's one of the best ones. Like he also, it took him a little bit longer than I would have liked to fully mesh with the squad. Right, and right. Now it seems like he's fully meshed. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love the the midfield with him. With him, yeah. With Hendo, with Fabinho. His pass percentage, like, even before he was on Liverpool, has, like, it. he historically is actually one of the best passers in all of football. Yeah, it's crazy. He's also, his technical ability is unreal. Like, that that volley that he hit the other day, or the other week. Yeah, yeah, that was, like. That was crazy. I, like, I that's really it. hard to do. Yeah, my I showed it to my sister, who doesn't know anything about footy, um, but she's an artist. And she looked at that, and she was like, that's art in motion. And I was like, exactly. That's why I'm showing this to you. 
it was <laughs> he is finally playing the way I was hoping for him to play. I'm trying to find the pass percentage, but it's over 90%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, for, for when he was on Bayern Munich, when he was arguably like the best midfielder in the world, um, or one of the best uh, CDMs in the world, he is through that. He's not actually like very different. He had like a 93% like passing like thing. Like it was absolutely nuts. He was by far the best passer in the world on long balls, especially because his long ball percentage completion was absolutely nuts. How do you do that? The way that he was just volumeing the ball all across the pitch, like I want to see it more and more from like Liverpool. No, you don't. Yes. Well, I don't, but like I love. Tiago, so like, of course, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's hard because I like seeing good sports, but I hate seeing Liverpool. So we've we've spent a lot of time tonight talking about like good players and how well they've been playing. I think it, I think it's time we move on to one of Carl and I's favorite segments that we do when we do video. Um, we call it Washed Up Weekly. We we took the idea from uh, two other guys from the Pace and Power podcast when we did a show with them. They said they love to dog on good players, and we were like, we're taking that. We love it. So my my washed-up weekly player that I just need to roast on and I need to get your guys' opinion on this is Diogo Jota. For this past week against Wolves, he he had a couple chances to score a few wide open nets. He had a chance where the the keeper was not in the goal, and there were two defenders just standing right there. And instead of placing it, he just ripped it right into Connor Cody's nuts. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> like straight up into Connor Cody's sack, and he he went down hard. But I he well as great as he is. He just has, I feel like, a lot of the time, too many of these games where he just misses chances and chances and chances. Like, he could be up there with Mo in the amount of goals that he's scored and the amount of chances that he's missed. He's missed a lot of... Si- yes, he has, Carl. Carl. Yeah, he, I, I, I know. I know. He, I know he has. Like, but, but it's just like, you're, you're saying, yeah, he could be up there with Mo. He could be up there with Mo. So but at the end of the day, like the point of this segment is to pick a really good player and find places to dog on them. And Diogo Jota has missed too many chances, in my opinion, uh, especially lately. So, like, I just I can't believe I'm saying that I would like to see more. I guess I would like to see more consistency. That's that's fair. I would like, to see like more seeing, consistency. seeing more from Jota is just like okay, yeah. I I want uh Bernardo Silva. I want uh Bruno Fernandez. Like shit, Bruno, Jota's playing better than Bruno. I was like, gonna say Bruno. Nowadays. Bruno got his first goal in like fifteen matches the other day. Yeah, Bruno has been in the shadow of Ronaldo ever yeah, since yeah. He arrived, and it's just been super disappointing. So but, that could be someone I I could talk about. In, yeah, in my my, but, my washed up weekly. It's not our weekly wash ups. Is uh is Jota? I just man. he missed he missed a wide open sitter. He missed an another chance where the keeper was not into the net. Sure. It, it it's the decision making for me. I mean, he's still very young, but 
a more we were talking about Vlahovic's composure. A striker yeah. with more composure would have taken his time and looked at the net and placed the ball away from the two center backs standing there. Not, yeah, no, he literally just shot it like right in the middle. Like it was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean it when I say that he shot it right at Connor Cody's nuts. Like he went down. Da- Carl, what, what? What? I just saw your I just head. realized Newcastle just got their first one of the season this week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we can keep on talking. Sorry, I just but had to mention that. That that's my my wash up, Carl. You got one, or do you um, not got one? I don't have a player. I have a team. Oh God! Oh my gosh! Um, you, you have a whole you have a whole club. A whole club, and it it's not meant to bash them because they are very exciting to watch and they have potential to move up in these standings but it's just been so hit or miss and they came out with such a strong start that i have to be like where the hell are you brentford (laughs) like you're roasting brentford yeah you're roasting you're roasting newly promoted i was was gonna i was gonna roast lester because Lester's just dog, um. But then I was like, "Wait, bro, Brentford's even Brentford, more dog." Brentford are sitting at thirteenth right now, and that's fantastic for them. Yeah, like, it's pretty impressive for a no one, team. No one thought they <laughs> well, were going to yeah. be this high. Like, I understand that you got your opinion on who you can roast, but bro, bro, you, I you want them to be even higher. <laughs> like, you could have picked Everton. You could have picked Leicester. You well, could have. I'm not going to pick Everton. Everton. Everton just beat Arsenal, right? So. Like they just Hold beat on. Arsenal. Fine. But Benitez is an ass clown. So like you sure, could have like, picked Leeds. You could have oh. picked Leeds. Why did Leeds. Why didn't I pick Leeds? All right, Leeds. That's a scrat- scratch. Leeds, the- who are below Brentford, scratch who just three blew- minutes. Drew uh, Leeds. Leeds is trash. Yeah, let's go with that. But like. <laughs> Like, I, I don't that was know, that was but... out of pocket picking Brentford, honestly. Well, no, because I expect more from them. That's the main reason why I'm picking them. It's because like leads the season. Like, of course, I expected more at the beginning of the season, but I like anymore. I don't really expect anything. I expect them to sort of shit the bed. I don't expect Melier to be like the goat that he was last year. I don't expect these things from Leeds. Brent, like uh, Leicester, I expect them to be sort of shitty week in and week out and randomly have good weeks against like random teams. Like I'm, I'm not expecting consistency from like Lester and Leeds at all. And I'm expecting consistent losses. Brentford, I'm expecting like draws and then random wins. So I'm expecting like more draws and also the beginning of the season showed a lot more potential for them. So I was really like honing in on that from the beginning of the season. Like even though like everyone gets adjusted to another side as the season progresses, it's not just going to be a set in stone like okay, like these are my tactics. Like this is what but yeah, like I expect Brentford to be a little higher. I'm really happy with where they are. I still think that's out of pocket. Yeah, I still want I I've been, I want I've, been be so, I've been so impressed with Brentford since the beginning of the season. Them sitting at third, or not third, sorry, 13th. Them being higher up in the table earlier on in the season. I knew it would come crashing down. 
I knew they would come crashing down. I still want them to be in the top 12 range. And I think they are 100% capable of doing They're a that. point out of the top 12. They're in 13th. What are you yeah. talking about? They're in the past the couple top- weeks. They haven't been playing that well. It's just, so just saying that they could be like more consistent. I'm guessing. Yeah. Like, that's what you're going. Yeah, they could be more consistent. Okay. okay. I, I'll, I'll, that. I'll give I, you I think that. They could. I'll give you because that. like because Leicester and Leeds are notorious for not being consistent. That's fair. That's like fair. That's, that's fair. why I didn't roast them because they're notoriously just like okay, like I'm gonna let in like a trillion goals and then sometimes I'll score like eight goals, but like it's random at that. Brentford, the way that they've been scoring this season has been a lot more even. And, like, personally, well, you can even tell with the goal differential. Like, minus two. Leicester has a minus four, and then Leeds has a minus seven to Brentford's minus two. Speaking Not of goal a differential, difference. Carl, you finally went positive. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm looking uh, at goal differential right now. Liverpool's goal differential is more goals is more than the goals for for every single equal to or more than the goals for for every single club in the prem except for chelsea you know there's only five teams with a positive goal differential yeah it's true i i noticed that too (laughs) (laughs) i didn't notice that what yeah there's only five teams and man you just became one of them and honestly I could see us losing to Norwich. <laughs> oh. We'll get to that when we do our possible. predictions. Yeah. But Dude. um so overall Brentford, fuck it. Like they they can All do right. better. Yeah. Who who for you for Syria and or Prem or Champions Anywhere. League it doesn't Anywhere. matter. Yeah. I think for me, for the Serie A this weekend, it had to be Roma this weekend. I mean, oh that day, I was expecting them to have lost against... I was expecting them to lose against Inter, but that was just Damn, I pick a player a and both of you are going at full-on teams. Well, actually, I was thinking about going on... I was, I was, gonna, I was thinking about going on with the full-on team, but since Carl did it first, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I, yeah. I was thinking about doing it, but the Carl led the way, so I was like, I'm fucking, I'm going with the whole team. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Roma team was just terrible. Like, from start to finish, like, they couldn't even possess the ball. Like, defensively, they were just so trash. Like, it was just so easy for, like, Inter Milan to, like, exit out the zone. And, like, it was, they were just breaking it down so easily. And, like, it's, like, I don't know, like, how to explain it. It was just, like, words can't even describe how bad that was. It was just total domination from start to finish. It was just- what it reminded me of uh, was, like, when, man, you had Ole and we wouldn't play, like, any sort of possession it didn't matter we would just go to have fun like that's no, no, sort of what it reminded me of no tactics just vibes yeah like yeah i know it was just really bad especially coming from like Mourinho. i expected a little bit more from him that picture but like oh my god like that was just so bad like even as an inter milan fan i was like they got absolutely like clapped exactly like yeah that was a good word <laughs> I, I like in situations like that. I like to quote uh, horrible bosses. Uh, they got bent over a barrel and showed the fifty states. Uh, well, in, in all seriousness, they did. And uh, I'm really curious though because um, uh, how's Tammy doing overall? Like, has he been doing all right? 
he yeah, started, doing pretty he well. started yeah. off he on had a fire, start. I know that. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah, he had the yeah. fire start, so I was just making yeah. sure. Because he's one of the players who like could end up making a transfer back to the Prem in like Possibly, a year yeah. or two. And then I already just made the like, prediction that Chelsea are going to buy him back for like 100 mil in like four years. Yeah. That, that's... I wouldn't be surprised. They did it with Fukaku, so why not do yeah, it exactly. time? <laughs> yep. Yep. So but, that was that was an interesting kind of uh, segment there. I I thought picking Jota was going to be interesting, and then Carl went out of pocket and picked Brentford. When, <laughs> yeah, that was so unexpected. <laughs> when, when he should have picked Leeds, and then uh, Julian following up with an entire team as well. I don't look like the crazy one really anymore. I I, I do think that well, one for this <laughs> that, that one goes to Carl. Yeah, no, I, I definitely will. Well, the take craziest the one was Carl. That was the craziest. One. <laughs> definitely, we'll take the cake on that one. But uh, and then I think I think that's a pretty good segue into our prediction segment. Yo, Julian, just a random question: Do you want to predict uh the Serie A games for this week as well? Yeah, for sure. Uh, hold on, yeah, just I'll pull that the... up real quick. Yeah, I'm just gonna pull it up quick, quick. Yeah, that just came to me. I was like, you know what? Since like. We never really get to do this. I think it would be a fun little thing to do. I agree. I When we slide over into the predictions, for anybody watching on video, I have a scroll bar of the upcoming Premier League games. I, I, I think it's right. I'm going to be really annoyed if it's not, because, yeah. But I do not have a scroll bar for Serie A, but that, that is okay. Yeah, the, this is a last minute. Just all the games, I could just pick like the top clubs if you guys want. Uh... Yeah, do nah, you want let's it? do all. All why not? Yeah, because them. we'll oh, do all okay. the prem teams, and like you don't really like who who really watches like some of the bottom of the prem. Okay, 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 okay. 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 So the first, so the first game, so this week kind of kicks off with uh, Fiorentina versus Salernitana Calcio. Like, I think Salernitana Calcio is in, the la- is in last place. Yeah, you're forgetting, last place, so. Julian, you're forgetting the Friday match between Genoa and Sampdoria. Oh my gosh, true. I just realized there's a Friday match. Okay, so Genoa, Genoa versus Sampdoria. So that should be pretty interesting. Like, they're pretty, both pretty, like, uh, evenly matched. So, like, it should be interesting. And especially, it's one of those games where, like, it's a relegation battle game. So, like, uh, Genoa is gonna try to win that to get out of the relegation zone, but I think Sampdoria is gonna win that one. I don't see Genoa uh, winning that one. They've been in pretty bad form lately, so I'm gonna go with Sampdoria. What kind of score uh, you got on pro- that one? Probably like a one zero two zero max, or maybe even two one, like a goal, one goal difference. I think uh, at most. Then uh, Fiorentina is playing Sanitana Calcio. Uh, Sanitana Calcio is in last place. I think it's going to be like an easy like 3-0 victory for uh, Fiorentina. Probably Vlaovic scoring a brace or something like that. Then Venezia plays Juventus. To be honest, uh, Venezia has been pretty dangerous lately. So I'm going to go with like probably a, they a have the best. Like... They have the best kit in all of Europe. Yes, Cause... I have to honestly oh, yeah. like I have to admit they have the their. Kits are absolutely like fly, like it's their kit. Their kit. Their kits are unreal this season. No, it's <laughs> awesome. I have to admit it. They look pretty sick. Like no, even, they didn't... even better, yeah, yeah, I go. think, than uh, the IX Bob Marley kit. I just have to throw that out there. Oh, the IX Bob Marley <laughs> kit's a little disgusting. There. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that one. I'm not a huge fan of that one. To be honest with Carl on that. <laughs> 
But uh, but that's so did you mean did you mean good. disgusting in a good way or a bad way? Oh, uh, good way. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, good way, good way. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, English uh, is English is weird like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was it true if you're being sarcastic? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Venezia versus Juventus. I think it's the end of the draw. Like, I don't. Juventus have been pretty poor, and Venezia have been like in pretty impressive form. I think it's the end of the draw. Then AC Milan, Udinese. I think AC Milan should be able to win that one. I don't see why they shouldn't. Uh, they're probably gonna win like by two goals or something. Probably like a two-zero or three-one victory. Inter oh. Milan plays Cagliari. Uh, I think That's Inter how you Milan pronounce East- that. Yeah, the G is like, yeah, ZL is like that, yeah. Inter Milan should easily be able to win this one. Cagliari is yeah. not doing that well, and Inter Milan are an absolute fire right now, so I think Inter Milan's going to win by, like, three goals. Then yeah. Torino play Bologna. This is, that's actually interesting, because Bologna is doing it very well this season. So I think I'm going to go with Bologna on that one, like a 1-0 victory. Then Atalanta play Verona. I think it's going to be 2-1 Atalanta, because although... Verona is are like far behind from Atalanta. Actually, mm-hmm. not too far behind. They're they're in tenth place, but they are a very tricky team to play against. Like offensively, they're pretty dangerous. But I still think like Atalanta will be able to secure all three points there. Then Napoli versus Empoli. I think Napoli's gonna win by two goals. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're very solid defensively. Napoli, although Empoli have been impressive, like on the front foot, like I think Napoli could be able to contain them, and then. Sassuolo versus Lazio. I, I'm gonna go with Sassuolo, one, like a one-zero victory over Lazio. Okay. Lazio, Lazio have been pretty poor away, away from home, and lately Lazio have been very poor away from home. And Sassuolo have been very impressive in major fixtures. They had they tied to Lazio and they beat AC Milan away from home, three-one. Uh, so like I think they could possibly pull another big upset here. And then Roma. And then Roma Spezia. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'll go with Roma, a 1-0 victory. I think they have what it takes to beat Spezia, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as many people would think. Because Spezia have done... They're pretty... They're pretty like a, one of those tricky teams to play against in the bottom half of the table. So I think Roma's only going to win by a goal. So those were great predictions. You ran through that way faster than we usually do our Premier League predictions. I, okay, no, no. But I, I do to, like, yeah, it's still have to go quick, quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, no, I'm saying it was great. I do want to ask because we didn't mention this and I really should have put this in a topic. It came out recently that Syria is banning green kits in a year or two because apparently it blends in with the grass. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, that, I something about that the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, is, okay, that, okay. Is, that is a direct target at Sassuolo. Basically, Sassuolo. Like they didn't mention the team, but it's literally Sassuolo. <laughs> like I just, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that because, like, that is kind of out of pocket. Uh, I don't know. Like I haven't heard any of the players complain about it, so why should they ban it? Like I don't get it. <laughs> it's not for the players. It's for the fans. It's for, for the fans, for the spectators. It's for oh the people God, watching okay. on TV. On TV, oh, okay, so you see, like, that's where it comes at, the TV, because that's how they get most of that's, the money. These that's where all the money comes right? from. So, yep. Yeah, that's probably like, the majority of the money comes from, yeah. So. Yep, yep. So, to move on to the Premier League, Carl, do you want to just run it down the same way that Julian just did? Like, I go, then you go? Because that... Uh, yeah, sure. All right, so I'll go first, starting with Brentford and Watford on uh, Friday. I'm going to take Brentford 2-1 here. 
because I I do think that they're a little bit of a better side than Watford, even though Watford do have some pretty pretty class players. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I agree. I am going to take Man City. I got to pick a big number and a little number here. Three nail over Wolves. Yeah, that's just that's just that's just a city type of thing. Arsenal Southampton, (laughs) Arsenal and Southampton could be a pretty high quality match. It just depends on which Arsenal shows up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with two nil Arsenal here, especially because I don't think they liked that loss to Everton very much. Chelsea, Chelsea and Leeds. Chelsea's not gonna be happy. Big number to little number. Big big number to zero. Like, let's Three be nil. honest. Three nil. Yeah. Liverpool Aston Villa. I'm very, very excited for this, as we mentioned. I made it a whole topic earlier. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna that's go... probably one of the best games of the that's probably gonna be sorry to cut you off. That's that's probably gonna be one of the best games of this of the, the weekend this week. Oh, by far. I totally agree. I totally agree. I'm gonna go two one Liverpool. I think this is gonna be a close match. I think there's gonna be a lot of emotion involved. For sure. And then Manchester United and Norwich. The Norwich 3-1 got you. I'll just keep it going. I'm going to go 2 <laughs> I'm actually going to go 2-0 United. Yeah, like you yeah, I was going to say that's a, like, that's a pretty st- realistic one. Should, or if Ole were still in charge, there were a chance I would pick Norwich. But yeah. <laughs> every single week, United is going to improve under Ralph Ragnick. That's just what's um, going to happen. And they're playing the worst team in the prom. Yeah. Basically, yeah. One of, yes. <laughs> and then Spurs, Brighton. I'm going to go Spurs 2, Brighton 1. Okay. I I believe that West Ham are going to beat Burnley 2-0. I was torn between what? 2 I was torn between 2-0 or 3-1. Okay. Same goal differential. Leicester and Newcastle. Newcastle are not ready yet to flex their money because they have to have a transfer window to be able to buy players. Right. Uh, Lester 2-0 on this one. Yeah. I'm going to take I'm going to take Everton 1-0 over Palace. 1-0 oh. over Palace. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to predict the Tuesday games as well because we usually record Mondays and we'll be uploading on Tuesday. Do you think I should do that, Carl, or should I just leave those? Nah, we'll predict it next Monday, because we'll record on Monday. Yeah, so we'll predict the Tuesday matches next Monday. Yeah, but I'll go through it real quick. Brentford-Watford, I'm taking uh, Brentford 2-1, very similar to Brian. Uh, I gave my whole spiel earlier, Brentford. Uh, (laughs) Man, shitty Wolves, uh, big number, little number, 4-1. Julian, just just so you know, sorry to cut Carl off, we've been doing this show for... Little At over a year a now, year. over a year. Oh, really? That's nice. And and not once has Carl called Manchester City Manchester City. It's always been shitty. He calls oh, them. Okay, he okay. calls. The, he calls them Man Shitty. And oh my god! So it's something that's been going on for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's something that's been going on for before the show. I don't think I've ever heard him okay, say okay. Man City. Like we've been friends for years. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard him say Man City. I understand. I understand. What you're yeah, it, it's bitterness. It's it's, it's just bitterness. bitterness. I won't lie to anyone. Um, bitterness, jealousy, everything. It's a mixture. Of everything. <laughs> bro, they were in the 2010s, and man, you yeah. was just like, get oh. called out. All right, All right. So, what's your big uh, number, little number? 
Uh, 4-1, Man City over Wolves. Um, Arsenal versus Southampton, I'm taking this 2-0. Arsenal, uh, Chelsea versus Leeds, I'm taking this 4-0. Chelsea, uh, Liverpool versus Villa, I'm taking it 2-2. Really surprising. I think Buendia is going to, like, assist at at least one or two and really play a vital role. Um, Man U over Norwich, I'm going to take that. Uh, Norwich over Man U, 2-0. Uh, and then Spurs, uh, Brighton. Uh, wait, or what? Wait, he what? said Norwich. Uh, Norwich he said Norwich over uh, Man U. Man U over Norwich. Oh, okay, okay. Norwich is the home team, though, so I just read it straight off. That's my bad. Paul Man has U, also too, never picked United to lose a match. I've also never picked Liverpool to lose a match, but that's a little bit more understandable based on form over the last year and a half. I, I have no. never picked Manchester United to lose a match. Even I against draw, City. Yeah. Even against draw, City. yeah. But never lose. 5-0. Um, no. <laughs> what, what? Man, you over Norwich? No, no, no. When you no, just... No, just reminding you of the uh, I'm, I'm just, No, no, the Liver, the Liver, I'm reminding him of the Liverpool just, game. Okay, sorry, the Liverpool There's too Liverpool many Liverpool games, games <laughs> recently. Um, <laughs> Spurs versus Brighton. I'll take... um. I don't really like the way that Spurs have been playing that much. And Brighton's home, and I- I'll take this a draw, one-one. I think it'll be a really tight match. Um, West Ham, I'm taking four-one over Burnley. Uh, Leicester That's versus a big scoreline. Yeah, Leicester versus Newcastle. Um, I'll take a draw because I think they're both trash right now, one-one. And then oh, okay, Everton and Palace. Uh, one-nil Everton, very similar to Brian. I think Leicester and Newcastle are both trash right now, but there's different levels of trash. Like, Leicester... I think there's different levels of trash, but Newcastle is a level of trash that can pull a draw. They can't yeah. pull a win. They can pull a draw. And Leicester's the kind of team who can pull a win, but most likely are going to have a draw. So that's where I'm going for this. That was pretty good. That was yeah. a good way to put it. <laughs> that was a good way to put um, it. I feel like we had a really good overall prediction this week. I also wrote predictions for me for the uh, Serie A games. If you, Brian, if you want to send some over. Uh, also, Julian, do you want to predict the Prem? That's up to you. Like, if you watch it enough. I will not be predicting Serie A because I, I literally don't. I have yeah. no, I have I have no basis for any of my predictions. I would literally just be reading sides and saying numbers. I, I literally just predict. I I predicted similar to uh Julian, but like I I did take Juve winning. Um, I took a draw in uh Genoa Sampdoria. Um, and yeah, just like pretty much the same thing though. Like nothing drastically different. No, but I think if I were to predict, most of my predictions would be very similar to a lot of you guys. Uh, yeah, a lot I'm, of the same ones compared to you guys. So, like, I don't I'm, know. <laughs> I'm down in our prediction scores right now because in the beginning of the season, I tried to be different than Carl and try and take the lead. And Okay, okay, I see. It, it screwed me over because... Yeah, at the beginning of the season, I was literally pretty much looking at teams, and I was like, all right, I'm going to take the minus. <laughs> like, whatever team is the minus right now, I'm taking that team. So I would just do that week in and week out, and Brian was just like, you know what? Maybe. And I was like, you're stupid. Just pick it normal. 
and I'm going to end up having to wear a stupid hat. Yep. I think that's going to wrap up our show for tonight. Uh, Julian, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. And for for everybody listening, go check out Julian's website. Uh, If you would like to say it again, it's calciowithjulian.com, correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. Exactly. And follow him on on Instagram at uh, Calcio with Julian. He posts some great content and his articles are well written. Definitely read the articles because they're formatted extremely well. And I was just overall impressed by it. I was not expecting it. Oh, thank you so much. It means a lot. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on the show. And Real. hopefully we can do something like this again sometime. Absolutely. And for everybody Maybe at home, we'll come on your show. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. Adios. Much love. Peace.